Hello, and welcome to The Crude Report, a podcast series from Argus on global crude oil markets. This is Jessica Tran for Argus Media. Sure, we could reflect on 2020, but I would venture to say that many have been looking toward 2021 for some time now. In this episode, we'll be doing the same, but for West African crude markets. How will 2021 look for this region as COVID-19 vaccinations are distributed throughout the world, handling the fresh OPEC plus quota agreement, and managing the recent rise in piracy activity, particularly in the Gulf of Guinea? Joining me to discuss this today is our West African crude market reporter, Nicola De Sanctis. I know everyone is looking to settle down for the year, so I really appreciate you joining me today, Nicola. Hey, Jessica. Thanks for having me back on the podcast. This has obviously been a very challenging year, which is ending with the highly awaited rollout of COVID-19 vaccines around the world. Could you tell us what impact the new vaccine might have on the West African crude market? Uh, sure. So uh, at the moment, my expectations are that a vaccine will uh, be key in reviving the demand from Europe because uh, buy interest from Asia-Pacific has already recovered. And that happened um, a few months ago, uh, I would say starting from summer, uh, with China and India now taking uh, about like 1.2 million barrels a day and about 500,000 barrels a day, respectively. So uh, demand from, from Asia is there. Um, also because the resumption of um, economic activities in India has pushed the main refiner IOC um, towards a buying spree in early October. And um, this buying spree is, is yet to abate, to be honest. So we're still seeing IOC taking a lot of Nigerian crude. So as we'll see, Nigerian grades accounted for 86% of the, the exports to India from West Africa, uh, which is a massive percentage up from 50% in October and in September. The the vaccines, the, the only thing they, they can do, I believe, is, is just going to um, boost demand in um, in Europe. So we don't expect uh, exports to, to Europe to um, reach the 1 million barrels uh, a day recorded uh, over the summer. Uh, over the past two months in October and November, uh, there were um, about like 850,000 barrels a day. And we expect that uh, the figure will be uh, significantly lower this month and um, over the first quarter of the year. As, as you know, West African crude cargoes are usually trade uh, between one and two months in advance. And we're not seeing any spike in demand from Europe for January and um potentially February cargoes yet. What I expect is that should the rollout of vaccine help resume economic activities in the region, uh, refinery margins and demand in Europe will likely improve in the second quarter of 2021 uh, or towards the end of the second quarter of 2021, I would say. Uh, such an outlook uh, would certainly favour uh, Nigerian grades because European refineries usually scoop up around half of Nigerian monthly crude output, with the other half split between India, South Africa, Indonesia, and the Americas. So they are the, the, the main buyer of Nigerian crude. And the end of the second quarter usually coincides with uh, the start of the driving season in Europe. And we might see margins for gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel perhaps rebound um, towards the, the end of the second quarter. So... Let's see, because usually Nigerian medium and light sweet grades are um, highly sought after feedstock for uh, those oil products. So uh, if the vaccines actually um, will boost demand, then we definitely see like a resumption of exports to uh, uh, Europe that could be 
um, in the range of around like 1 million barrels per day or even higher towards the end of the second quarter 2021. And next month, it looks like the OPEC plus group will also raise its collective production quota by about 500,000 barrels per day. How will that affect the West African producers? Oh, it will have like huge impacts, I believe. Um, so every West African producer, we're talking about like probably uh, six or seven countries. Um, they rely heavily on oil export revenues. So um, the decision was obviously well received. I think mostly in uh, Abuja, Nigeria, uh, because it's, Nigeria is, is among one of the few countries in the region that uh, could easily um, pump out higher volumes of crude, whereas there are some countries such as Angola where production is declining. So uh, for them, it might not make a huge difference, but Nigeria, um, we're probably going to see um, some enthusiasm throughout the market because uh they're going to have uh, the, the new quota is about like 1.51 million barrels a day, which is not uh, much higher than the 1.49 that they had between July and December. But in perspective, the increase might sound uh, a bit um, more significant because it's 7 percent higher than uh, what they had for May and June, because when the first decided to to have production cuts. Nigeria was uh, 1.41. Now it's going to be like uh, 100,000 barrels higher than that, 100,000 barrels a day, obviously, higher than that. So that could that could um, have like huge impact on the, the oil revenues for the countries, of course. Um, similar increases, um, we applied to quotas for Angola, Congo, Brazzaville, Gabon and Equatorial Guinea, which are the, the other um, OPEC members um, across West Africa. I, I believe that uh, if you have European demand coming back and a higher um, OPEC production quota, then uh, Nigeria might be looking at quite a rosy scenario for, so I would say, mid-2021. And um, I believe that the only issues at the moment, uh, or perhaps over the next uh, three or four months, is going to be... Um, the resumption of uh, light sweet crude production in Libya, because it obviously competes with Nigerian crude, and also the um, continuous uh, sabotage attacks to uh, the country's oil facility and uh, piracy activity in the Gulf of Guinea. So I believe those two things might create quite a few bumps in the road. Yeah, and I guess you mentioned the uh, the piracy activity and sabotage attacks. Can you talk more about what's been going on and um, especially, I guess, in the Gulf of Guinea over the second half of 2020? Uh, sure, it is. Um, it, to me, when, when I looked at figures, um, it was quite astonishing. Um, the pace at which the number of pirate attacks is rising is truly alarming, I would say. In, in the first three quarters of this year, there were 134 attacks uh, in the Gulf of Guinea, um, not not just to oil can- tankers, uh, but uh, to, to vessels in the Gulf of Guinea. This is up from uh, 118, 119 uh, in the first three quarters of 2019. This might not sound like significant, but we're talking about like almost four attacks a week. Um, this basically means that um, on a given day, you, you're more likely to hear about an attack than not. And um, not many people know that the Gulf of Guinea actually accounts for roughly 90% of uh, maritime kidnappings worldwide. Matter of fact, like, a container ship was actually attacked um, just this morning. 
and a second attack was recorded like uh, less than two, 24 hours ago. So um, pirates are also targeting um, not only oil tankers or uh, container ships, but also um, floating uh, production storage and uh, offloading vessels, um, usually known as uh, FPSOs. In early July, Paris attacks uh, the um, Sanjay Berger uh, FPSO offshore Nigeria, uh, kidnapping nine local workers. The, the nine workers were, were released uh, only on 10 August, so uh, more than a month. In November, we heard that the government of Equatorial Guinea, uh, after several incidents, decided to uh, reach a cooperation agreement uh, with the Ministry of Defence to fight uh, piracy uh, in the country's waters. Uh, in May, representatives of the oil industry in Nigeria have also agreed to create a working group on uh, maritime security, along with the Nigerian Navy, uh, the Nigerian NIMASA um, is the Maritime uh, Administration Safety Agency, so to prevent piracy. But the fact is Nigeria is also battling with uh, another endemic problem that the country has, um, which are uh, attacks to the oil and gas facilities in the country, such as pipelines or terminals. Just last year, uh, more than 740 oil spills were recorded. Um, this is massive because, like, the vast majority of it of of the spills were caused by uh, TEF-related uh, activities. I, I usually check uh, the updates from the uh, Nigerian Navy, Nigerian Armed Forces. Um, they usually find and dismantle um, roughly, I would say, 10 illegal refineries per week in the south and southwest region along with thousands and thousands of illegally refined products, obviously. It's also alarming that uh, the attacks to facilities are not not only related to uh, theft, but also just pure sabotage. Less than a month ago, um, I believe that sabotage has led to um, ENI from Italy declaring a force majeure at this terminal, uh, brass terminal in, in Nigeria. And that led to um, a loss of flows of crude to the terminal of around 30,000 barrels a day. And that was the result of like a dynamite attack. So uh, it wasn't just to steal crude, it was just to, to affect uh, production. And that is also quite alarming because uh, more recently, um, the <laughs> latest of the uh, militant groups, uh, which there are several in the Niger Delta, this one is called the Ninja Delta Liberators, I believe, um, has issued like fresh threats to Chevron, Shell, and also um, state-owned NPC facilities in the region. Um, could the government not meet their demands to allocate more more funds, say, um, and efforts to human capital development uh, projects in the region? So. It, it is quite um, concerning. All these issues combined, I believe, uh, we're talking about piracy and oil pipeline attacks, could potentially put a dent in buyers' confidence uh, in Nigerian crude, uh, but also other West African rates. And who knows, in the long run, they might even lead uh, refiners in Asia and Europe to target um, competing rates from, I would say, less restive regions. So it's it's, it remains to be seen whether uh, the countries in West Africa will will um, efficiently tackle these um, major issues.
Wow, there's a lot going on uh, in, in West Africa. Um, so thank you so much for kind of summarizing all of this on this podcast, Nicola, and I, I hope you have a, a happy holidays. Oh, thank you very much, and to you too. So. For daily prices, news, and analysis for over 80 internationally traded crude streams, consider subscribing to the Argus Crude Service. Or for a more in-depth view of West African crude and products markets, have a look at the Argus West Africa Oil Service. You can find more information on both of these services at www.argusmedia.com. Thanks for tuning in, and please join us again on the next episode of The Crude Report.